Hello and welcome to another episode of TVC Radio. I'm your host, Caleb Knoll. I'm here with TVC co-founder, Mark Pasternak. Say hello, Mark. How's it going, everybody? And today, we are going to embark on a journey of how to win friends and influence people. Yes, yes, yes. Because the biggest feedback we've gotten so far, just in the two weeks that we've launched, is how do I grow my business? How do I get more sales? How do I get more clients? And there's so many strategies, there's so many tactics, but it all starts with how you deal with people. Yes. No matter what line of work you're in, people are your business. And one of the best books on business is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm literally shaking it at Mark right now as I talk to you. (laughs) This book is amazing. If you have not read it, pick it up. It'll be the greatest read of your life. And this is one of those books that you just want to read like four times a year. You know, it takes a couple hours. It's an easy read, but the principles are just time-tested. Absolutely. I mean, this is one of the oldest business books that has still been in print over 70, 80 years. I can't even tell you when the original print was. 1936. And they still print this book today. That tells you anything, that the principles in this book are time-tested and they do work. Of course, we can't dissect an entire book in one podcast. So this will be the first of an ongoing series where we break down the units of this book. And this first unit we have today is the fundamental techniques in handling people. Radio. Fundamental techniques in handling people. This is step one, the basic building blocks, the cornerstone to building and establishing positive relationships to help you, well, win friends and influence people. Exactly. So let's go into the first principle right now. And this first one is if you want to gather honey, don't kick over the beehive. What does that mean? Something you need to remember is that when you're dealing with people, people, we are not, as human beings, creatures of logic. We are creatures of emotion. So being creatures of emotion, our motivations can typically fall under what we would consider pride or, or vanity, even if we don't want to admit it. And it's not a bad thing that we have pride and vanity. Like they're not evils. They're just traits that drive us as human beings. You know, that's a good point. Nothing is inherently good or evil. It's what you do with what you have. Exactly. It's like this book. Like, There's some people who I know have read this book, and they think it's all about manipulation. And I think that goes back to intention. What's your intention? Is it to manipulate people? Then, you know, it's a bad thing. Or that's is it to good, help people? That's a good point. I like that. That's good. So what we're trying to get out right now, right here, is that knowing that we're all built off of these same emotional states, instead of condemning or judging people, instead when you're working with or working for, try to understand people. Try to see where they're coming from. Look at things from their perspective, from an outside angle. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's a doctor, Dr. Johnson, that he quotes in the book. He says, God himself does not propose to judge man until the end of his days. So why should we? 
Boom. I'm pretty sure that's verbatim from the book. Nice work, Mark. I did my reading. Yeah, you did. Good for you. Book club here at DVC Radio. But one of the things you got to keep out is 99 times out of 100, people don't criticize themselves for anything, no matter how wrong they are. No matter how wrong they are, like people will justify their behaviors. In the book, he mentions something. There was a manhunt in the, the mid to late 30s with this guy named Two Gun Crowley. This man was in a police shootout in an apartment complex. The police were surrounding this place. It was huge news in the city of New York. I mean, machine guns is blasting this place. Yeah, this guy's killed tens of... Yeah, he killed a, he gunned down a police officer in cold blood. But as he was sitting there writing his dying letter, because he, he had been shot up, he had said that he wasn't a bad man and that he'd never heard a fly coming from the same guy who had just killed a police officer recently in cold blood. People will justify their behaviors. Point being, we don't like to condemn ourselves and criticize ourselves. So why do you think others would like us to criticize them? Yes. They they don't. No. That is not a way to win friends or influence people. No. I mean, even Al Capone... Uh, he has a famous quote where he says, I've spent the best years of my life giving people the lighter pleasures, helping them have a good time, and all I get is abuse, the existence of a hunted man. Al Capone, during Prohibition, said he was doing everyone a favor. He was helping people relax, and instead he was treated like a criminal. Yet how many people did he kill? <laughs> I don't even know. It's a lot. <laughs> it really comes back to is that we have emotions. Humans have emotions. Whether yes. you want to accept it or deny it, you can't. We are emotional beings, and we have to understand each other as emotional beings to be able to relate to one another and to be able to get someone to do something that you want them to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and so let's, all right, let's take all this and put it into a business perspective, a business standpoint. Criticism, harsh judgments, do not serve you well in a business setting because it puts the people that you're giving this negative feedback to, it puts them on the defensive and it makes them strive to justify their behaviors like Tugun Crowley or Al Capone. When you shine these faults on somebody, everyone gets defensive and everyone's going to feel like they have to validate their life choices. No one in life believes that they are the villain. Nobody. And I think that's one of the key takeaways from this chapter. No one thinks themselves the villain. Yeah, practical business example. We were on a shoot a few years back, and we had somebody running audio, and, well, he literally forgot to hit record. So we didn't have professional audio. And as the business owner, you know, my whole team is looking to me to see what I'm going to do and how I'm going to react. And I knew in the moment, everybody on my team wants me to scold the hell out of the audio guy and just drill into him. But instead, I thought about it before I drilled into him because that's what I wanted to do. But I thought, what good would that do? And instead, I had a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him and asked him what happened and tried to get his side of the story. And it was blatantly his fault. But I think it, that though, you know, that's like a time where you have a decision as a leader, where you can create influence or take it away. 
And instead of laying into him, I asked him to help on another project and to show me, you know, give him a second chance. And since that second project, he's been on a third project and a fourth project and a fifth project, and he's never messed the audio up once. And in fact, he's been one of the most loyal people to the projects that I do. And it's the opposite reaction that we want to have as humans, but it's the way to create friendships and to create influence is by understanding the person beyond their faults and not judging them or criticizing them for their faults, but finding a way to empower them through their faults. Empowerment. I think that that is a key. Things are going to go down. It's going to happen. And as a business owner, as a video expert, how you respond to such stimuli will dictate not only how you grow your business from this point forward, but your relationships with the people working with you. Because you have to ask yourself, really, like, what good will your criticism do for somebody else? In the moment, it might make you feel a lot better. Yes. To, to get that steam out. Yeah. But if you actually rail on somebody for doing something wrong, do you think they're going to want to help you? Do you think they're going to want to fix it? No, because you just tore down their pride. Yes. And you Absolutely. made them feel so small. Yeah. Damaging relationships. I mean, it's, it's coming at a problem. Anger is easy. But what about exploring alternatives to just anger and condemnation? That's what separates a boss from a leader or even a good leader from a great one is, is looking at a problem and attacking it from an angle that solves the issue in the future. Not the issue in the past. Yes. Because you can't go backwards. You can't go backwards. Like Mark, if he had just railed this audio guy and just verbally abused this guy, even if he deserved it, it's not going to give him professional audio. And if in future work, he's proven to be an asset, what a tragedy that would have been if he had lost this asset because of a mistake. And not to mention the time it takes and the mental effort to find somebody new and to train somebody new when... Just forgive somebody, no matter how bad it is, and give them a second chance. It's hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. But try it. I dare you. Yeah. Challenge. So the first principle is don't criticize, condemn, or complain. So just stop. Next time you're in a situation, maybe it's you're just gossiping or you want to talk poorly about somebody behind their back or you're in a situation where somebody messed something up that that you wanted to go the other way. Instead of losing your temper and instead of yelling and screaming or criticizing, do the opposite. And studies have shown, this is science, that positive reinforcement yields faster and more efficient results than punishing negative behaviors. Parents out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can yell and scream at your kid to go to bed all you want. But unless you reinforce it with some sort of positive behavior, it's going to be really hard. Well, I think that's just it, right? Like when you when you scold someone like that, when you when you do go that route, you might get them to respond the way you want in that moment. But as soon as you turn your back, they're done. Yeah. They're done. Yeah. So the goal then, and this is why I say explore from a different angle, is like how can you solve the problem but also to get them to be aware of it in the future. So do not condemn, complain, and instead appreciate. Appreciate. Good. This leads us right into principle number two, which is the big secret of dealing with 
people, which is to make the other person want to do something, make someone want to do something. I am often told that I am one of the most stubborn person that people meet. Even my sister jokes, if Caleb doesn't want to do something, it doesn't get done. And you know what? She's absolutely right. And I know I'm not alone. If you want someone to do something, make them want to do it. Find out what their interests are and how they would benefit from what you want them to do. Yeah. And lead with that. Lead with how is this good for you versus how is this good for me? Like even today, probably today more than ever, I get so many LinkedIn cold sales messages. And nine times out of 10, it leads with, this is what I do. This is how great we are. This is who we work with. This is what we want to do for you. It's not about how I think you'll benefit, how I think your business will grow, or what they're going to give me. It's often about, look how big and sweet they are. They lead with their their own pride. They lead with their desires. You know, this actually, I just saw something on this very relevant topic. So Gary Vee, for any of those who follow him, he posts a bunch of good stuff on social media. If you don't follow him, follow him. That man's chock full of good advice. So anyway, I was watching a video he posted recently. So he's giving this talk and he's doing a Q&A. So this kid raises his hand and says, uh, you know, how much he respects Gary Vee and all this and that, blah, blah, blah. And how much, how much he wants to work with him. And Gary Vee's like, okay, okay. And then he says, if I can get up on stage and do a backflip, will you give me an internship? Like, tries to make, like, a deal. Like, if I can do this backflip on stage, give me an internship. And Gary Vee is like, no. And I'll tell you why. You doing a backflip provides me zero value. It's pretty cool you can do a backflip, but it provides me zero value. In fact, for you, it's winning twice. Not only do you get to come up on stage, do a backflip in front of all these cameras and showcase yourself how cool you are, but then you get an internship. What has that done for me? How does that provide me value? It doesn't. So instead of being like, let me showcase how good I am, you're like, here's what I can provide for you. What do you need? Here's how I can help you achieve that. Here's a practical example. When you're going out and trying to sell a video project, you're going to meet the person first. You'll probably have coffee. You'll probably have lunch or you meet them at a networking event. Listen to them. Remember the things they say. Remember what they like. Remember their preferences. We had a client. There's still a client four years ago. And we found out that she liked a very specific type of vodka. And so we went out of our way, found that vodka and shipped it to her and said, like, hey, we just were thinking about you. And remember that you, you know, mentioned you really liked this style of vodka and it was hard to find. I hope you enjoy it. No alternative motives. Obviously, yes, we wanted the project, but it was just how can we serve her first? How can we think about what she wants first before we go in and ask for what we want? which is her business. Four years later, she's still a client. And this stems from our biggest core desire, desire to be and feel important. You showcasing that you listened to her, that she was heard, that her interests are valid by buying her that vodka makes her feel important. Exactly. And this is the exact reason why Charles Schwab, as many of you know, is the financial 
behemoth was one of the first Americans to make over a million dollars a year. And do you know why? It was because of the way he made people feel. He appreciated every single person he came in contact with and criticized no one. Yes. That takes a lot of discipline. And the thing is, is like he is even self-admitted that he worked with people who knew so much more about steel manufacturing than he did. He was not the smartest man in the room, but his big thing was incentivizing his people to be the best versions of themselves to create the best product and business possible. Appreciation is king. Now, don't get that confused, though, with flattery. Going back to manipulating people, that's flattery. That is not true appreciation because true appreciation comes from the heart. It's genuine and it's honest. Now, I could compliment you on your clean-shaven face. I just shaved yesterday for those who can't But if I like your beard actually better, that's just flattery because I don't actually. I like your beard better. I don't actually. I think I like your clean face, but well, now I don't know what's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure whether to be complimented or offended at this point. But I think everybody knows the difference. Everybody's been flattered, where somebody gives you a compliment and you're just like, "It's counterfeit." You're just saying that to say it. Yeah, you don't actually mean that, and that's not genuine. Uh, there was a definition of flattery where it's flattery is just telling someone what they already think of themselves, mm. stroking the ego. Yes. That's what makes it counterfeit. Appreciation is I've observed this good quality about you. Yes. Right? Or you have this positive thing. Yes. About you. Like it's the way they work or the way they talk to somebody. One of the biggest keys to incentivizing is to provide appreciation, gratitude. I mean, just try when you go about your day leaving crumbs of gratitude everywhere you go and just see the positive results as you build relationships faster and how they grow stronger. Just showcasing that you, you observe the people in your life, that you listen to the people around you, that you notice these things. Like next time you go to Starbucks, thank the barista for getting your order right. It seems so small, but you know how many times they get criticized for getting an order wrong or incorrect even though they're probably taking on hundreds if not a thousand orders a day and try to throw their name in there as well like if they were in a name tag and you see their name or if you know someone's name when you provide gratitude or appreciation to them throw their name in yes i mean everyone's favorite word is their own name it's a it's a small thing but everyone appreciates a compliment abraham lincoln started a letter saying that once everyone loves and appreciates a compliment Exactly. So compliment people, but have it be genuine and real. Otherwise, it's just flattery. And that's not a compliment. No. And I think, you know, in the book, he quotes Emerson. Every man I meet is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from him. So that means doing the opposite, being humble and looking at each and every person as somebody that's superior to you, somebody that has qualities beyond your own and somebody that you can learn from. Absolutely. And you really can learn something from everyone. Everyone is in your life to provide some sort of lesson. And we discussed this in our last podcast about networking and the archetypes of networking, where we discussed uh, when you were mentoring someone, how you learn just as much being a mentor as you do being mentored. And I think that's entirely true. Everyone you meet has a fresh perspective on life, 
on goals, on career, on everything. And if you take the time to pull out these kernels, you become wiser for having listened. And parents, going back to the parents, this is so true for your children. Even though they are our children, and I have three of them, and three daughters at that, each one of my daughters teaches me something because they're each unique and they have their own personalities and their own their own skill sets, even at six months, even at three, even at four. They all have something that I can learn from. Just because I'm their superior and the fact that I'm their parent, it doesn't mean I'm better than them or I have nothing to learn from them because they teach me probably the most on the a daily basis. Absolutely. And, you know, from the business standpoint, you have your community. You can learn from everyone in your community. I'm not married, nor do I have kids, but friendships as well. The same principles apply to your friendships. All of your friends, if you pinpoint anyone on an individual level, knows more about something than you do. So learn. So listen. And when you learn and when you listen, observe and express gratitude and appreciation. And then you keep learning and then they keep learning. And that's what creates a positive and prosperous network to bring it back to our previous discussion. And it will help grow your business. Exactly. And just your core principles as a human being, if you want to boil it down. Yes. So principle two, give honest and sincere appreciation to the people in your life, to the people in your business, to potential clients. And here's a simple, actionable step that you can do. As a filmmaker, videographer, video professional, anytime you meet with somebody, right after you meet with them, write them a thank you card, a thank you note. So simple, two sentences, put it in the mail. Instantly, you will separate yourself from probably everybody else they met that week. Oh, it's so true. I tell you what, I write thank yous all the time. In fact, I had someone uh, when they... They were like, uh, you don't have to write me a thank you card. A thank you text is fine. And I was like, nope, I'm still going to send you the thank you. What you do with it from that point is on you. But always express thanks because in your thanks comes your gratitude. Exactly. Coming into our last principle for the day. In the book, this chapter is called, He Who Can Do This Has the Whole World With Him. He Who Cannot Walks a Lonely Way. And what is that? So the only way on earth to influence other people is to talk about what they want and to show them how to get it. Exactly. And one of the first stories he uses, bait the hook to suit the fish. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to I'm going to butcher it. It's not the exact same one, but it, you know, I like a good steak, right? But if I'm going to go fishing, I'm not going to throw a steak on a on a hook and throw it in. I'm going to go get a worm because that's what a fish likes. I don't like it. I hate worms. I still oh, do. Oh, you they're do? Creepy. You, you hate worms? <laughs> I hate worms. <laughs> not really, but they're just weird, slippery creatures. Like, that is not my preference. If I want to hook a fish, I got to use the bait that they like. I got to talk about it. I got to use it. I got to get comfortable with it. I got to put a worm on the hook. And that same thing applies to people. You have to remember that we all have the things that we care about and we want. But guess what? You're the only one that truly cares about what you want. And the same is true for everybody else. So if you want to convince someone to work with you, work for you, to add them into your network even, 
you have to discuss with them what they want and then show them how to get it. Exactly. That is providing value. Bring it back to the Gary Vee story. Provide that value. And that's the difference between a short-term sale and a long-term relationship. So glad you said relationship there because that's so true. Oh, yeah. You want a short-term sale, you're thinking about what you want. You want a long-term relationship, you're always thinking about what they want and how you can serve them. Yeah. And, yeah, at times you have to – you always have to put their interest in front of yours, but – that's going to give you longevity in your relationship, which is always going to turn out to be longevity in your business. Yes. Remember that actions spring out of what we fundamentally desire. Every time you make a choice or do an action, it's because it brings you closer to the things that you want. So when you're working with other people, when you're, when you're forging relationships with clients, when you provide that value... You are providing the springboard to influence their action. Exactly. So here's a practical example. You know, as us creatives, we often, we want our videos to to reflect our own creativity. But when you're working in the corporate world or you're working with small businesses and it's not your film or your story, you're telling their story, you have to remember that. Yeah. And you have to be able to tell their story yes you're influencing it but it at the end of the day it can't be the way you want to tell it you're influencing the way that they're telling their story but at the end of the day it is their story it's the way they want it solving problems when you're working with clients you are solving a problem one of the things i think you really need to keep in mind is people like to buy not to be sold. Ooh, say that again. People like to buy, not to be sold. And if you present a solution to their problem, they'll be happy to buy. If you present a solution to my problem, you're not selling, you're solving. You're providing, exactly. At the end of the day, it's all about your ability to arouse in other people an eager want and desire. How do you get other people passionate and fired up to do what they want to do, but that also achieves what you want to do? Because it's it's a win-win at the end of the day, especially in business. In fact, the best business is always win-win. If one, I'll tell you what, if one side's losing in any deal, then it's it's a bad deal. Everyone loses at the end, and it's what Mark said about the difference between short-term sales on long-term relationships. If it's a win-lose deal, guess what? Even if you won now, you're losing later. So to sum up everything we've talked about today, the fundamental techniques in handling people, these are the three cornerstone principles. Principle one, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. And instead, go into principle two and give honest and sincere appreciation. Appreciation is king. Gratitude mindset. We can't preach that enough. And finally, arouse in other people an eager want to act. So what do you guys think? Have you tried this before? Have you read this book? What's worked for you? What hasn't? We want to know. Leave it in the comments. Even more so, what did we miss? Let us know. What can you add to this conversation? Yeah, love to get you guys feedback. Exactly.
In the meantime, though, that's the end of this episode. The next time we hop back into this, we'll be discussing the six ways to make people like you, as told by Dale Carnegie in his award-winning book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. We'll see you next time. <laughs> it is one of those days, Mark. It's TVC. We're gonna keep that in there. Let me let me let me give this a closure, Caleb Knoll. There we go. Yeah, close point. This has been TVC Radio with your host, Caleb Knoll, and co-host myself, Mark Pasternak. We hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Use these three principles. Next time you meet somebody, let us know how, how it goes. Yeah, try it out. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of TVC Radio. Have a topic you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.